Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Ready to learn tonight? School of Wisdom, praise God. You know, we talked about wisdom being the, the principal thing, the most important thing that we can lay hold on. All right, let's pray and uh, let's have a Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Okay, so this evening, in our School of Wisdom, we're going to look at times and seasons. And I need you to pay very, very close attention to this. Times and seasons. As I observe... Observing life, observing the lives of people, observing scriptures, I've come to realize that there is only one thing that separates the life of people. The wisdom they apply at a particular time. Wisdom is, makes a big difference in your life. Wisdom makes a big difference in your life. And that's why I'm very particular about the school of wisdom and the, some of the things I'm sharing with you because these are very practical things that you need to put to work daily. Okay? Daily so you can begin to experience progress in your life. Now, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, chapter 3. And verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. And I really need you to, to listen to this and get it in your spirit. There is an appointed time for everything. I need you to to, to, to look at that scripture, right? Take a look at that scripture and think deeply about it. There is an appointed time for everything. Now, what that means is this. For everything in your life, there is an appointed time. Now, most people are conscious of everything in their life. They're conscious of everything, right? They're conscious of their finances, conscious of their relationship, conscious of everything about their life. But they are not conscious about time and the appointed time. Okay? It says there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. Now you're under heaven, in that sense, you're on the earth. 
The message translation says, there is an opportune time to do things. That means there is the right time to do things. I, I, want, you to, I want you to pay attention to time. There is the right time. There is the opportune time to do things. A right time for everything on the earth. So most times when we engage our life, we're concerned about everything. I want to get this right. I want to get this right. I want to get this right. But many people are not time conscious. They don't understand that life flows in seasons. Now, when you go through scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, there are three words, Greek words, used for the concept of time. So I want you to put up those words if you have typed them out. There are three words. The first word is aeon. A-I-O-N. It speaks of ages. Okay? You need, to, you need to follow school of wisdom now. You need to follow carefully. The three words. So when you see the word time in scriptures, they are probably from any of those three words. So this one speaks of uh, aeon. The first one speaks of what? Ages. Everybody say ages. Okay. Remember what we said. What did we say? For everything on earth, there is a right time. <laughs> Are you following this now? So, the issue is not about everything. There is a right time for it. Now, let me give you an example so you follow this. These are the Greek words. Three words used for time from Genesis to Revelation, you find it in this time. The first one is aeon. It speaks of ages. Now, let me give you an example. If you study a little bit of geography, there's what you call the Stone Age. Yeah? How many of you remember the Stone Age? How many of you were alive during the Stone Age? If you were alive during the Stone Age, you shouldn't be in this church. Okay, what was the major instrument of the Stone Age? The stone. It was their major equipment, right? For cutting everything. The answer is in the question. Alright? From the Stone Age, you move to which age now? Okay. You went to probably agricultural age. Then you went to technological age. And now we're in the information age. Right? Just say yes. It's correct. So it will make you look like you know the story. Just say yes, yes, yes. Even if I'm wrong, if all of us just say yes, we all look right. Okay. So, so this is the concept. This is the concept. There is the right time for everything. If you pick the implement of the stone age now, that you want to use them to succeed in the technological age, it doesn't matter how diligent you are, you would fail. Why? Because it's not in the right aeon. It's not, that's not the age now. Do, do you understand this? There was the age of innocence. There's the age where there was Judaistic um, stuff with Jesus. And then there was the age of grace. If you pick something under the Judaistic age and you want to function with it now, it will not work. What I just wanted to see is the concept of time is just more than 24 hours. So there are seasons. There are ages. So what that means, for instance, is that if a believer wants to get ahead, even in this 21st century, the believer must have a little grasp of information technology. Are you following this? And God is not going to teach you that. It's, it's already available knowing that this is what? This is the age. Are, are, you, are you following it now? Alright. The next word is chronos. 
The next word used for time is chronos. Now, the word chronos is from the word chronology. It means when you count one, two, three, four, five, like that. That's, that's chronos. Okay, when you're counting time. Maybe 24 hours, two days, three days, four days. That's chronos. One year, that's chronos. Now, the next word is kairos. Now, kairos is more like an opportune moment. So, let me use the life of Jesus to describe this. Okay? This one is just the foundation. Alright? We'll get to the, to the basic stuff and you'll pick it up. Now, look at this. The prophecy that the virgin was going to give birth, right, was given when man fell. So, it was given ages before Jesus came. At a particular age, Jesus came. So sometimes when you divide time, you divide it with B.C. and A.D. B.C. is before Christ, A.D. is after death. So when you see A.D. 70, after Christ's death, that's what A.D. means. Okay? Now, that's aeon. That's an age where Jesus came. Now, at the particular time Jesus was to come, at a particular month, or at a particular day, what happened? The virgin conceived. We know that its virgin was conceived for nine months. <laughs> it was not there, but you know that. <laughs> Jesus was not premature. Okay? And, 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 and that time is a chronological age. How can we calculate that date? Because we know that Herod, when Jesus was born, Herod said everybody should go back to their hometown to pay taxes. So that was what? A chronological date. We can actually look back at the calendar and say at this point in time, Herod said everybody should do what? Should go pay taxes. Now when Jesus was born and Simeon held him in his hands, that was a Kairos moment. That was an opportune moment. Finally, the Savior has been born. Do you understand that? Okay. So, go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I just want to give you the concept of time. So, in your life, you're dealing with seasons. You're dealing with chronos. You're dealing with years. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. And you're dealing with opportune moments. You're dealing with moments that are prophetic. You're dealing with moments that you need to seize. Those moments are instant. They are kairos moments where you step into something. It's like saying, you know, that, that man at the well that was there for... The pool of Bethsaida, when the angel comes and stirs the water. So we know one of these days the angel is going to come. One of these days is chronology. But the moment the angel stirs the water, if you need healing, you need to step in at that moment. That moment is kairos. That moment is the quality that that time produces. Do you understand what I'm saying? In your life, there will be kairos moments. There will be moments where you need to just see something. There are moments where you need to step into the prophetic purpose of God for your life. And those moments are not moments that are going to wait. There are moments where you need to see. So you need to have a prophetic understanding of the time. Are you following this? Okay. Now, if you go to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, follow me now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and let's go to verse 1 again. It says, There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time... For every event under heaven. Now, if you read from verse 1 to verse 8, right? Sorry, from verse 2 to verse 8, 
He says, a time to give birth, a time to die. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted. A time to tear down, a time to build. A time to weep, a time to laugh. It, it gives us several times. If you count that, those things, they are 14 times. They are 14. Okay, if you count from verse 2 to verse 8, you see that it talks about 14 seasons or 14 times. A time, so if you say, a time to give birth and a time to die, that's one. Okay, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. So if you count that, you're going to have 14 times. Okay, so it says, for every of this activity, giving birth, dying, planting, uprooting, killing, healing, tearing down, building up, weeping, laughing, mourning, dancing, throwing stones, gathering stones, embracing, a time to shun from embracing, searching, a time to give up what is lost, keeping, and a time to throw away, tearing apart, a time to sew together, to be silent and to speak, to love and to hate, for war and for peace. There are 14 events. And it says, for each of these 14 events, there is a right time for it. Do you understand this? Okay. The right thing, take note of this, a wisdom key. The right thing done at the wrong time would create a wrong result. The right thing done at the wrong time would create a wrong result. It's the right thing. But it was done where? At the wrong time. What's going to be the result? Create the wrong result. Wisdom key two. The wrong thing Done at the wrong time will create the wrong result. So the right thing done at the wrong time will create a wrong result. The wrong thing done at the wrong time will create what? The wrong result. Okay. Then, wisdom key three. The right thing Done at the right time would create the right results. So, it doesn't matter what we're doing. You need to follow this. We need to do it at the right time. The Bible even talks about words that are spoken, fitly spoken at the right time. Okay? So, now, let's, let's, let's look at an example here. Let's, let's look at an example here. Go to Proverbs chapter 10. And let's see something here. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 5. Proverbs 10, 5. Can we all see that? Can we all see it? Proverbs 10, 5. Say amen if you can say it. All right, let's read it together. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. Everybody, let's read together. One to go. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Now, look at that scripture carefully. Take a look at it again. Take a look at it again. It says, He who gathers 
in summer is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps and harvests is a son who acts shamefully. Take a look at it carefully. Don't rush over it. Pay attention. Is sleeping wrong? You think it's wrong to sleep? How many of you wake up and say, Father, I just want to apologize. I've slept today. So, so do you think sleeping is wrong? But why is sleeping wrong here? Why, why are they telling the son that he's acting shamefully? Is the timing of the sleep. I need you to get that because some of you sleep at the wrong time. It's the timing of what? Of the sleep. Now, now sleeping is a good activity. But it is done when? At the wrong time. So it produces what? The wrong result. Because the young man shouldn't be sleeping when it's harvest time. But how many of you know that if this young man is sleeping during harvest time, by the time he wakes up and harvest is over, he's going to blame God that God is not good? Come on, how many of you remember the scripture we read on Sunday? People ruin their lives by their stupid mistakes and they get angry with God. Proverbs 19.3 And why? Because they do the right thing. It's okay to sleep. It's good to sleep. But they do the right thing at the wrong time. But there's another, there's, there's another guy who gathers in summer. So the man knows, hey, this is summer. It's time to gather. Now, you see, listen, pay attention to this. That's why there's the foolishness of comparison in life. Because some people are the summer of their life. And some are the harvest of their life. You don't do what your friends are doing. You do what the time is for you. Because the danger is people build their lives based on their friends when their friends are in another season entirely. Come on, are you here? Alright. Are you getting something tonight? Look at this one. Let me read the Amplified Version. It says, He who gathers during summer, I like this, and takes advantage of his opportunities is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps during harvest and ignores the moment of opportunity is a son who acts shamefully. So, by sleeping during the moment of harvest, the man is ignoring an opportunity because opportunity locks within a time frame. Yeah? Opportunity locks within a time frame. There's a time frame for an opportunity to be taken. Praise God. Okay. Now look at this. CEV. Contemporary English version. Uh, at harvest season, at harvest season, it's smart to work hard, but stupid to sleep. And I like it, straight to the point. At harvest season, it's smart to work hard, but it's stupid to sleep. So, some of your friends might be in the period in their life where they should be sleeping. And that time is your harvest season. Then you ask them to, to, to extend their blankets to you. 
and you're sleeping. And you say, this guy is my closest friend. Your closest friend doesn't have the same time with you. We need to, we need to understand that. You must learn to run life at your pace, at your season, at your time, at your Kairos moment. I'll tell you this. If you can deal with comparison in your life, you will fast track your rate of success. Because so many people are so anxious to keep up, they're not even patient enough to listen deep down within them the wisdom of God in them. Are are you following what I'm saying? So, you need to ask yourself some questions. Okay? The first question is, what time or season am I? You need to ask yourself that question. What time are you now? What season are you? Go to Matthew chapter 16. Let me show you something about Jesus here. Matthew 16, and we'll just read 2. Uh, Matthew 16, 2. What time are you now? Okay, Jesus is talking to them about time. Verse 2 says, But he replied to them, what, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. Verse 3, And in the morning there will be storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you, do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot design the signs of the times? It's like, you don't have a clue what God is doing right now. You can tell the natural weather, but you don't have a clue what God is doing with you. Many people do not have a clue of what time they are in the calendar of God for their lives. No idea. What does God want you to do right now? You know, there was a period where the Lord separated me from watching television completely, including Christian TV. And I spent that time studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God. My response to that time prepared me to become a Bible teacher. Because what I observed was, we were listening to a lot of fantastic men of God out there, But sometimes we were just teaching what they were teaching without examining the scriptures because they were our role models. And that time of separation built in me the confidence of going to the scripture, standing by the truths of what I see in the word of God, developing my ability as what? As a Bible teacher. So you realize this, right? You realize this, that my response to that Kairos moment prepares me for my season. Now, that for someone might be that period for some other people would be period of getting enough materials, listening to enough people, receiving impartation for enough ministries. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So there is the season of God for you. There might be the season of God where God will say, Come on, guy, it's time to serve. Just go and serve. And everybody's wondering, What are you doing with your life? Why are you serving like this? No, in the Kairos moment, in the time and in the season for you, that's your response to that season. And your response to one season prepares you for the next season. You know, every one of us seated here, right? We all just think that if they throw money at us, all our problems will go. How many of you think that? I think that. You know, 
You think if they just give all of us $10 million, I'll tell you something, the response to some people, <laughs> the first of all, they will stop coming to church. Why? Because all their reason for coming to church is so that God will do what? And God has done it. What God cannot do does not exist. <laughs> and God has done it. You have 10 million. But you think that will be the right response? How many of you would first of all go and just get a good car? My wife would do that. But you think that would be the first response? <laughs> Somebody say yes, sir. <laughs> I don't care what you think. That's the best response. Praise God. What am I trying to say? Do you know as you're seated there right now, you might not really be ready for the miracle you're trusting God for? How many people really want to get married, but you know they're not ready? You know what they're ready for? The pictures, the romance. They're not ready for solving the crisis. They're not ready for the waste. I'm going to show you something Paul said. Paul said when you are married, that you, your interest will be things concerning your husband. I'm going to deal with that because some people are single, but they will never enjoy their single period. They're so much in a hurry, they want to get married. Because some people are in a season, but their eye is in the next season, and they miss the opportunity of this season. So their life, they are always eyeing what? The next season. The next season. Hmm? Come on, are you here? We'll get there. So you're asking yourself, what question are you asking yourself? What time or season am I? In, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. So that means, when I have an understanding of the time, that understanding of the time compels me to know what I ought to do. That means, when there is a time, I cannot do everything. Come on, are you here? I can't do everything. You know something? You can't do everything this year. This year is a time for probably just one thing in your life. Just one thing. Look at that. Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the time with knowledge of what Israel should do. What, what should I do, God? It's 2021. It's January. What should I do? Should I go back to school? Is it my season of re-educating myself? Is it my season of getting married? Is it my season of building my spiritual capacity? Is it my season of serving? What should I do? Is it my season of denying myself so I can invest more, so I can create the future that I need to create? Are you, are you following this? For every time, listen carefully to this wisdom key, there's something you ought to do. And if you leave that thing undone, it might not go well. Did, did, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is wrong, but did you have, do you have friends who jumped out of school because they wanted to make money? They just saw a business opportunity. Burn. They jumped out of school. They didn't graduate. Right? And then they went after the money they were seeing then. Because look at this now. When you are a student... What you call big money, what you call large money is different. You know, if we're all students here, right? If we're all students here, we're all in the University of KDCC, right? You realize that 
if, if you see somebody earning 35,000, you're like, wow, wow, look at money. Because probably you go home and then your mother is giving you 10,000. And that guy is 25,000 ahead of you. And probably what the guy is just doing is skipping lectures and going to sell Sanders somewhere. What do you think would be the temptation at that time? To drop studies and start selling Sanders. Okay? So you've got four years. Like I said, I'm not saying, but just follow me. Okay? So you've got four years. The guy dropped out, started pursuing business. You, 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 now you have four years. You followed him in that path. Okay? Ten years down the line, as you're selling Sanders, you guys are now making 50000 How many of you know ten years down the line with ten children and one wife? That's not going to transport you home. And there's probably somebody who finished his education, got the opportunity, got a job, and is now earning probably 200000 You understand that what happened is that the time block, you did something you shouldn't do. And even if you wanted to do a business that would keep you in school, it should not be something that would affect your academics. Because in that four years, what you ought to do is to go to school. Are you hearing this? You know, when I was in school, my friends used to attend a lot of motivational seminars. I, I went to one or two. You know, so when I went to the first motivational seminar, the guy came, I mean, popular guy in the country, came around, wow, talked about people who dropped out of school and made money and everything. So the next one, my friend invited me, talked about people who came out, taught class and have big businesses. So my friend said we should go. I said, I'm not going. He said, why? I said, the goal... The examples in that motivational seminars are not the examples I want to have in life. I came into school with a mind to graduate with a first class. Somebody who dropped out and is making millions is not my role model. And the reason because I actually wanted to become a lecturer. Of course, graduating with a third class, they won't even give you a janitor position. Are you following what I'm saying? His own, my own time and my goal require that the four years that I'm in school, money is not my predominant focus. What I ought to do is to give attention to my studies so I can come out with a good grade to be able to enter the next season of my life. Are you following this? Look at this. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. When you have an understanding of time and you're functioning properly with the opportunities that time brings, you always rise to leadership. Then, the next question you need to ask yourself. Pay attention to this. The next question you need to ask yourself. What will it require... To maximize this time and season. What will it require? Are you following me? To do what? To maximize this time and season. So, I know the time that I am right now. I know the season that I am. What is it going to require? What should I do? To maximize the time. Every time in your life contains hidden opportunities. What opportunities should I take advantage of? For instance, 
If you are a young girl, for instance, you're a young girl, you're maybe between the age of 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, there are certain organizations, okay, that would say, oh, we are providing scholarships for young females to learn coding. Or we are providing scholarship for young girls to learn something, computer software, at a discounted price. And the young girls should be between the age of 19 to 22. Right? Now, if you are 25, you know that you don't qualify. I mean, it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that that opportunity is not available. You get it? So, you need to look at your life. At this range that I am, what are the opportunities that are available for me at this age? So that I can prepare myself to take advantage of those opportunities. Praise God. Now, look at this here. You know, I mean... I mean, we pray for you every day. If you're a member of this church, you're not without prayers. We pray for you every day. Now, some of you are going to go to places, I mean, travel, relocate, go somewhere, be big guys and big people tomorrow. If I am a wise pastor, and I am wise, I will spend the time I have with you now to teach you properly. Right? I will not be looking at whether do you have money to give to me now? Can you buy a car for me right now? Because if my focus is on driving the best car, I would miss the opportunity to teach and to pour into your life. And by the time you get into your future and you are prosperous, when you are looking for who to bless, I wouldn't cross your mind as someone who blessed you. And I'll show you in the scriptures. Because in Second Kings chapter 5 and verse 26... Elijah told Gehazi, is it time to receive offerings? Second Kings, chapter 5, verse 26. That means Gehazi collected offerings at the wrong time. Come on, how many of you know it's good to receive offerings? Okay, you don't know it's good to receive. Everybody say yes, because it's a good thing. How many of you know, as a minister of the gospel, it is good to receive offerings? But how many of you know that if you make receiving offerings your predominant occupation, you will drive genuine people who would bless your ministry away? So you are doing a good thing at the wrong time. Do you follow that? So, look at this. What will it require to maximize this time and season? I really need... All of you to pay attention to this. You, you've got to pay attention to this message. It's, this message is a key. Listen carefully to this now. Is a key to unlocking the benefits in this year. And after we're done today, if it gets on your devices today, listen to it again. Listen to this message at least five times so you can understand what I'm saying. Because it's not just a key to unlocking this year. It's a key to flowing in your purpose and your destiny. So, you ask yourself, what will it require to maximize this time and, and this season? So, let's go back to the young man we talked about. Let's go back to the young man we talked about in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 5. It says, a son who 
gathers during summer and take advantages of his opportunity is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps during harvest and ignores the moment of opportunity is a son who acts shamefully. Now, if it's harvest season, what would be my preparation? I would dress differently. Do you think so? Come on, do you think so? Do you think I walk into the field, it's harvest season, I've got my bushy cap on, my massage belt, and I've got my Timberland t-shirt, you know. Do you think that would be a good way to approach harvest? How many of you know if I'm dressed that way and I walk into the harvest field, I will not feel like harvesting. I'll feel like I'm the Lord of the harvest. Yeah? So that means that for a given time, there is a dress code. That means there are certain seasons in your life where you will have to roll up your sleeve. You don't have to be a swag girl and a swag boy. You've got to get a work because you're building your destiny. There might be times in your life you can't choose which job to do. You just have to put the job that can put food on the table so you can become a man and become responsible. Are you following this? Are you following this now? So what will it require? I might need harvest tools. What are harvest tools? For some of you, harvest tools are certifications. You are in a particular career path. A certification of 50, 60,000 will enhance your chances of, 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 of getting to the next phase. Sell your television. Sell your shoes. Sell your belt. Sell your curtains. Just close your door. Nobody will see. And go get that certification. Because in that season, you need to be prepared. For that next phase. Are you following this? So, and, and some of your friends will not need that. Right? Now, I, I think I've told you the story before. I'll tell you again. When I started studying my theology courses, when I sent in all my applications to my first school, they told me, okay, what you have with your experience, churches you've planted, where you've traveled to, you can qualify for a master's degree. So you can go straight for a master's degree. And I said, no, I don't want to do a master's degree. I want to start from bachelor's. I applied with like three of my friends. And they were surprised. Why, don't you want, why do you want to start? I said, I'm not studying theology because I want the certification. I'm studying theology because I want to lecture in Bible school. I want to teach. And so I've got to humble myself in that sense and go and start again. Now, my choices was not based on which would be cheaper for me. Just getting my master's. Which one would be quicker for me? Just getting my master's. But taking the quick route does not prepare me for my next season. Okay? Are you here or you're going home? You're here? Alright. Now, I finished that. Three years, three, four years. Finished in record time. Now, I was applying for a school for masters. I applied for one school from US. They took me. I went to the school for the first one month online. It was too easy. It was easy for you to pass. It was not stressful. So I said, no, I don't want this. I want to be stressed. This will not produce the best from my brain. So I dropped the school, applied to another school. Man, that school, <laughs> they were born with stress. But this works for me. This works for me because what I'm, what I'm looking for is not just, I schooled here and I have the degree and I cannot function. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? For the harvest season of my future... I need my brain to be worked. So, I would reject opportunities that are cheaper 
and quicker because it would not suit the timing and the season of my life. You see how your choices are made. So, when you understand this, you're not looking for shortcuts. You're looking for, based on my season, based on my time, what will work. So, you can spend six years studying. It looks intense. It looks stupid. It looks like you don't, you know, sometimes people look at us and like, you don't like money, you don't like the good things of life. No. We walk, it, we're like the army of Gideon. We're taking water with our hands and our eyes are up. We're looking at the chronos. We're looking at the time. We're looking at the season. And we're making our decisions, not just based on the environment around us, not just based on what is trending, not just based on what is going on. We're making those choices based on what? Based on our time and what? Our season. Are you here? Alright. Look at this now. Let's, let's go to the next question. What habits or activities are required for this time? So we talked about what will it require, but we're looking at the habits. What are the habits that are required for this season of my life? Yeah? What are the habits that are required for this season of my life? Look at Proverbs 30, 25. And, and, and write this wisdom key down. Every season contributes to the next season. Every season aids the next season. Right? Uh, uh, do you follow that? Every season contributes to what? The next season. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25. Every season contributes to the next season. Look at this, right? If, 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 you, if we have only rain falling, are you sure we're going to have good crops? You sure? Are you sure we're going to have good crops? You know, some of us have no idea how agriculture works. Eh? So we need a combination of what? Of rain and what? And sun. Okay. Now, you know the sun helps the crop. So the, the dry season contributes to what? To, to the perfection of the rainy season. Dry season will give you the opportunity to dig your soil, to do all of that. And when the rain comes, there's something for the rain to fall in. If there's no, uh, if there's, if rain is always falling, there will be no um, opportunity for you to dig. So no season of your life is wasted. Every season contributes to the next season. You've got to, you've got to understand that. So when you are in a particular season, don't be in a hurry. To go to the next season. Maximize that season. The next season will do what? Will unfold. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 30 and when, when verse what? 25. Look at this. The ants are not a strong people. They're disadvantaged. They're not strong. But they prepare their food in the summer. So the ants know, hey, come on, we're not strong. We can't fight many people for food. But gradually they prepare their food in summer. So there is something to prepare. What are you preparing now? What are you preparing now? What are you preparing now? You see, every season of your life contributes to the next season. There are two things I, 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 I will not say I regret or... Not in the form of regret, but probably things I would have done differently. My mom, you know, I'm, I'm the first boy. My mom tried as much as she could to get me to 
to cook. I mean, I went through basic cooking lessons. She forced me into the kitchen. I would pay attention, but my mind was not there. You know, every time I ask you, are you here or, your mind, or you are going home? It's from my experience. I'll just be there. No idea. Okay? But I love to wash plates. And the reason I love to wash plates is it's, it's a solo thing. I don't need, you know, I don't need to check if the quantity of soap is enough. You know how all those cooking things are. Is salt okay? Is this thing okay? It's, yeah, all of the things that you're not sure you can just... I like things being systematic. If there was a way you could just put everything and roll it in and everything would come out well, fine. But then every time this one is not dead, you know, and all that. You know, but, but looking back today, right? I mean, there are times my wife is cooking and I want to help. I'm like, you don't want my help. Yeah. But the spirit is willing, but the knowledge is weak. Okay? Now, I called one of my friends yesterday, a very good friend of mine. I stayed in, this, in the university for four years. I, I did not cook for four years. My mother, my, I mean, if my mother was watching this now, she'd be surprised. <laughs> she'll give me food stuff, she'll give me everything. I just struck a deal with this, my friend. You know what? This, my friend, was a good cook. If you went into the kitchen, if you went to the market and mentioned her name, prices would come down. All the women knew her. She could, she could prize anything. He could prize anything. So I had a deal with him. I had a key to his room. I will give him my food stuff. He will cook. I had access to eat as much as I wanted to eat. I would wash the plate. And it worked for me for four years, seamlessly. Because all I wanted to do was go, the food was ready, eat, head back to the library. But that season contributes to the season right now where <laughs> I can't help my wife to cook, even if I want to cook. <laughs> so even though it looked like, yeah, I was a smart guy, I'm still smart. <laughs> but in this season... What happens? I can't. Somebody say, why don't you learn how to cook? I'm going to school. <laughs> do, you, do you understand that? Now, another thing is, if I knew I was going to write books as much as, as I was going to write today, I would have paid a whole lot of attention to my English class. Okay? So, I didn't pay so much attention to my English class. And today, I have to write books. And everything I write has to be edited. I, are you following this? Now, you realize that that season, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, if you can get this lesson tonight, I'll be so glad. This season you are in your life is not wasted. It is preparing you for the next season. Don't be in a hurry. Do you understand? I, I want to be rich. I, I want to marry. I want to, I want to born children. I want to have grandchildren. Relax. Relax. Maximize this season. The lessons you're learning at the job. The things I'm teaching you in church, serving in church, everything is getting you ready for what? For the next season. So, your consciousness should be, how do I maximize this season? How do I maximize it? How do I get the best out of this season? So that when I get into tomorrow, I'll be ready. You know, it's like a young girl who goes to stay with her auntie. And you're staying with your auntie and it looks like, oh, this my auntie is oppressing me. I'm always looking after her children. And the children are watching TV. How many of you know that by the time you have your own children, you're already an expert? You're already an expert. I mean, some people will just be asking questions. What do you do with this? Just say, don't worry, don't worry, come. <laughs> and you just start it out. <laughs> Why? That season prepared you for this season. But if you did not maximize that season, if you just spent all your time grumbling and complaining, grumbling and complaining, by the time you're in this season, you're not ready for it. So let me give you an example. When David was in the wilderness with a few sheep of his father, what happened? Right? He was playing the harp for the sheep. 
How many of you would like to sing for ships? Like, you know what? This is spirit and truth. We do ship services. <laughs> it's boring to sleep to, because this, I mean. And then the lion came. What would you do if all your big brothers are in the army? Come on, let's be honest. All your big brothers are in the army. They are in good jobs. And then your father, the, 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 the elder brother said, who did you leave those few sheep with? The, your father sent you to the bush. And of course, from, from forgetting David, we know that there's something about his bed that wasn't straight. And then they dropped him off. And the lion comes for the sheep. Come on, tell me, what are you going to do? I need, I need honest believers. <laughs> Come on, what are you going to do? Tell me the truth. You will run. Run is a good word. I will flee. Come on. Because in the first place, what if, if, if the lion is going to come for the sheep? Why are my brothers in the army? But what did David do with the lion? Some of you don't know. What did David do with the lion? He took the sheep out of the lion's mouth. When the bear came, what did, you, what did David do? What would you do if the bear comes? Like, lion came, I tried this one. No, I'm not wiser. When David wanted to kill Goliath, what did he say? He referenced that moment. That unknown moment. Let me tell you. This one you are oversleeping. Alarm clock does not wake you. It, it looks like you are enjoying life. Those are practices for your future. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Read book. You will not read. You will just dodge. I've covered it. What's the title of the book you read? Hi, hi. I forgot to say. Okay. It, you, you feel like, yeah, there's too much pressure on you. No, you're practicing. You're practicing. Those little discipline, those little habits that we're saying cultivate, 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 cultivate. You will come to a season. Hmm? You're not married. You have a family. You have to get up. You have to do school runs. And probably you don't have enough money to, to have a nanny at that stage. You haven't prospered up to that. Then it becomes a struggle. The children that God has given to you to be a blessing to you now becomes every money you get up, you know, you know grumbling. <laughs> you just going here. You just get up like, I, I thought they, they have closed school for COVID. <laughs> not because it looks like, yeah. So what I'm saying is, those practices, come on, are you following this? Those practices of those unknown moments, what, 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 what are they doing for you? They are training you for your future. Are you, are you following this? Alright. How many minutes do we have more? Mm. Times and seasons would regulate your interest. Pay attention to this. Times and seasons would regulate your interest. Let, let, me, let me read this one. It's very interesting. We used, to, we used to use this to play a lot in school and I like it. 1 Corinthians 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 33. All the single and the married, listen to this, this is good. First Corinthians 3, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? First Corinthians 7, please. 7, 33. Let's read from verse 32. <laughs> but I want you to be free from concern. Right? One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord. How he may please the Lord. So Paul says, if you're not married, your dominant interest should be how to please the Lord. You want to serve the Lord. Okay? Verse 33. 
It says, but the one who is married is concerned about the things of the world. How he may please his wife. Okay? How many of you know that if you if you had a bit of quarrel with your wife before you came to Bible study, as I'm teaching now, two things are going through your mind. I mean, I saw a married man just shake his head. That's a word of knowledge. Right? Like, yes, Pastor, time and season. I just want to be able to sleep in peace tonight. Do you understand that? You can't concentrate fully, but if you're single, I mean, let's hope you're totally single, spiritual, and body. <laughs> let's, let's assume we're people of faith. So we believe you're single, and you're taking notes, and you're taking notes. I mean, you know, the married man is taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, and the image of his wife's face not happy, just, ah, then he puts down the barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's like, God, all the wisdom I need now is what to say when I get home. Are, are you following this? Okay, so, that's, that's <laughs> verse 34 says, and his interests are divided. So, what is Paul trying to say? Paul is not saying marriage is bad. He, Paul is trying, I'm, I'm trying to use this to teach you that when you are in a season, it will force your interest. So, if I'm single, I can actually be more interested in the things of God. I can give myself. Come on. You know, if you're single, you can go on this time and say, I just want to fast. How many of you know if you're married, you can't do that? Huh? Listen, it's not about whether if, you, if your wife will cook for you. Do you know that if your wife has cooked for you, I mean, men have experienced this, and you just stroll out with your friend without self-control. You ate fish. You ate, you ate, then you now came back. And then your wife is smiling at the door. Say, welcome. I know you will be very hungry. <laughs> They're like, not really. He said, no, you went out this morning. I just said today. They now open Pandaria. How many of you know you have divided interest then? Because now you are good. There's no way you tell her you are eating. How will you tell her you are eating? Who, who, who gave you that courage? <laughs> <laughs> Are you following this now? Okay, let's go. <laughs> the woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and spirit, but the one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So, we're not dealing with this now. We're just picking wisdom from here. So, Paul says, if I'm single, that time of my life, I can be interested in serving the Lord. Or I can be interested in studying. I can be interested in researching. Right? He says, but if I'm married, I can't, now, my body does not belong to me alone. My time does not belong to me alone. Right? So if I'm married, and I want to read, and my wife feels I'm reading too late, she can come and say, ah, you have been reading too much. Come and sleep. Now what that means is, even though I have my time, that season of my life puts a demand on me to want to please my wife. Right? Now, this is where the problem is. People who are single are so much in a hurry to get someone to please. And so they never maximize, they do not maximize that moment. Now, by the time they get someone to please, then they want to now live as single people. Do do you understand that? One of the first laws of marriage is that by the time you're married, just know you're not single anymore. What that means is you can't go out when you want to go out. Somebody has to approve. Both ways. You know, I know some of you are like, I'm the man of the house. I will come back anytime I want to come back. You're running a hostel and a barrack. That's not a home. So both of you have to check things out. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Now, like I said, you can go home tonight and say you don't want to cook. But if you are a wife, I mean, especially if your husband is not, yeah, if you type that eats late and eats, like to eat heavy things late, you know when you go back home, there's work to be done. Let's even assume the husband doesn't want, the kids are there. So that means, for instance, your time to be able to even develop yourself is now limited. You can't read, let me tell you, let me tell you, this is from both experience and experience. You will not be able to read as much as you can now that you are not married. Forget it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes when you are reading and your child is crawling, they will leave all the toys in the house. It's that book you are reading that they will be interested in. Maybe you want to read. The child starts crying. You want to do this. So, you don't have that time. Because right now, that has become what? A priority. You've got to focus on that. Sometimes, you need to understand that certain seasons of my life, I have to focus on raising my children because they're not going to be here forever. Before you know, your kids are grown. They have left the house. So, in a season of your life, you need to focus on your children. You need to focus on the home. You need to focus on that girl, on that, your daughter. Because in a couple of years or so, they'll make independent decisions. Some of you were so much in a hurry. Your father was so much in a hurry. When are you leaving the house? Your mates are outside. How many of you know that he's the one calling I've not seen you in two years? The season has changed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright, now let's go there. Let's look at this now. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 4, let's do maybe like 8 more minutes. John chapter 9 verse 4, look at what Jesus said. How many of you are drawing wisdom lessons from this? John 9 verse 2. It says, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Did you see what Jesus said about that? So, do you realize while Jesus was walking, he was conscious of time? Right? He's conscious of time. Because he said, listen, it's day, I can walk. You know, I like, I like motivational speakers a lot. You know, they say, ah, it's not too late to start a business. It's not too late to start anything. It's not too late to start going to school. Have you tried going to school when you are 60? Right? It's not too late, but you know the brain will drag a bit. Huh? Hmm? Actually, some things can be too late. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The way life was designed is for you to get wisdom early. So you do some things early. Some of you right now can go to school. Some of you right now can study more. Some of you right now can read more, can pray more. Go for it. Go for it. Imagine you have kids at home, you don't have a nanny yet or something, you finish cooking, you finish doing this, do attend to your husband, do clothes, do house, do everything, and then you now say you want to do one hour prayer stretch. You know, in your mind you'll be praying. You think you're praying, you just need that. Say, Father, I want, to, I want to really thank you. You are gone. But the way prayer works, in your mind you think that you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying. Even in your mind you'll be walking about, you are praying, casting demons. <laughs> Until your husband comes to tap you. Then you will think that an angel actually came to give you the meaning of the visions you have been seeing. I say, is it here you want to sleep? <laughs> you realize that you didn't pray. Your body is tired. Huh? 
Or now you're living with your parents. You don't go to work as such. You can come back and do a lot of things. And imagine some of us, we get up 5 o'clock to catch the work bus. We come back by 7. By the time we come back, we're tired. In Bible study, 7.30, 8. You get home. By the time you get home, 8.30, you don't even want to eat. You just go to bed. To get up the next morning. So, every season would require you to know what should I do at this time and prioritize. Listen, you cannot do everything in this life. You've got to find some few things and be committed to them. Alright? Now, let's look at this. Uh, Galatians 6.9 Galatians 6.9 It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, it means that if we give up during certain seasons, we will not reap our harvest. Right? Come on now. If we give up during certain seasons, we will not reap our harvest. Maybe you're, you're laboring, you're laboring, you're laboring, I just got tired, I'm tired. And you walk away. And then the opportunity shows up. So, it means that if you're in a certain season of your life, you develop the tenacity to say, I will not give up. I'll press it. And I tell pastors this all the time. Stay in your assignment. Enjoy hardness as a good soldier. Stay the fourth. Don't let anything move you. Stay the fourth. Ministry blesses you more as you stay consistent. Because then you, 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 I mean, you're blessing a lot of lives. Even in life generally. If you faint, you won't reap. So, if it's harvest season and you're fainting, you don't have the energy. That means that you need to build energy to be able to harvest the promises that you're working for. Right? Sometimes this can be mental energy. Studying the things required to be able to get the next promotion. Getting yourself ready. Preparing yourself for tomorrow. Okay. Let's look at uh, four things and then we're done. Let's look at this, right? So I just want to give you this, right? Just write it down. Very simple, but I want to give you a practical example of someone. The seasons of Joseph's life. The seasons of the life of Joseph. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just read it out to you. Okay? Joseph was in his father's house. Genesis 37, 3 to 5. Okay? So, I mean, it's just the scriptures. You don't need to read it, but just listen so you don't miss it. Listen to this. Joseph was in his father's house. Okay? Genesis 37, 3-5. What attitude was required for Joseph to be faithful in his father's house? When his father sent him on an errand, he responded. Right? So, being the one that is loved. How many of you know that that's... I mean, if your father loves you enough, makes a suit for you of many colors. You know, there's an attitude you will have, right? I mean, that was why the guy was just telling his brothers all the dreams. I was dreaming, and you bowed down to me. <laughs> I said, don't worry, we'll deal with you. <laughs> don't worry. You know, and all that. So when he was coming, he said, look at the dreamer. Alright? Okay. Genesis 37, 23 to 29. He was put in the pit. That was another season. He was put in the pit. Hmm? Now, what attitude did he require in the pit? It's not that when his elder brother wanted to now take him from the pit. He now said, Say you are one of those people who throw... Don't, uh, don't touch me. <laughs> How many of you know he would have died in the pit? Are you following this? If you look at his elder brother and say, I curse you, you, I, don't worry. If I come out of this pit, you will die. No, he had to humble himself so that when his brother was taking him out of the pit, if he responded, you need to follow this carefully, if he responded in arrogance to his brother, and he didn't allow his brother to take him out of the pit, he would not have been sold. 
So in the pit, he needed humility. Okay. Then he moved to Potiphar's house. Genesis 39, 1-4. What attitude did Joseph require in Potiphar's house? Hard work. Remember, this guy was coming from a place where his father loved him. He was the last of the last born. He was loved by his father. So, of course, you know his father will treat him well. But now he has come to a place where he is a slave. If he carries that his father's house and the one loved of my father and brings it to Potiphar's house, he will not excel. But what did Joseph bring to Potiphar's house? He changes his wineskin and becomes a hard-working slave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like you get married and you are the last born and the favorite child of your daughter, of your father. Right? Huh? And once they shout on you, you will cry. And your father says, okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then you get married. And then your husband corrects you and you cry. You know, the first one month, yeah, okay, that's okay. And the second one month, yeah, wait, 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 wait. What's, what's going on here? So that wine skin of crying to solve problems, you understand? When you cry, then the whole house will scatter. Then God help you. You now marry a man that is not moved by tears. That in his house, people will cry. They will not say, give me space, let me cry. You crying there, yeah, I want to cry here. And then you now come, you now realize that this wine skin, the time and the season has changed. If I want to receive correction here, I would wipe my tears and listen to instructions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, your, the time would require the adjustment of season. Uh, sorry, the, the, the season and the time would require the adjustment, listen, of not just activity, but behavioral patterns and what? And perspective. Which means that if I was single and I could spend my money, I could do stuff, by the time I'm getting married or by the time I'm in this season of my life, I'm thinking of the future, I'm thinking of legacy. It means that my approach to my finances have to be redefined by the season that I'm in knowing that I'm no longer in this season where if I burn my money it won't make anything if I lose my money here it means my children are not going to school it means I can't do certain investments that I was doing at this level do you understand that? alright then in prison Genesis 39, 21 Genesis 40, 46 Genesis chapter 12 uh, chapter 41, 39 to 41 he went to prison what was the attitude in prison? he had to work now he was not a slave now he was not a child. Now he was a prisoner. He has to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it cannot be like when they say, All oh, the prisoners come out and dig. He said, I'm the last born. Guy, you can't be last born in prison. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, listen, we laugh about this, but that's the greatest problem of people. They shift seasons, but they keep their old pattern. Right? They've moved seasons. You've moved to a point of responsibility, but you're still living responsible. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Come on, are you following this now? Then lastly, he moved into the palace. You know what Joseph did when he called him to appear before Pharaoh? He went to shave his beard. Because in those days, you couldn't appear before the kings. You couldn't be a bearded gang and make the prime minister. <laughs> it would drive you back. So he shaved, changed his appearance. Now, when he went to the palace, what did he go in there with? From what he picked up in the prison, interpretation of dreams. He went into the palace with a skill which was the interpretation of dreams and providing economic solutions. And the king now picked him. If he has gone to the palace with a last-born mentality, right? Come on now. 
There's nothing wrong with being the last one. I'm just using an example. If he has gone into the palace with that mentality, before the king says, say, oh king, thank you, I saw you today. Thank you, I saw you today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I did not do anything. No. <laughs> Come on, how many, of you, how many of you know he will go back to prison? And I said, which cell did you keep him? He said, cell 30. He said, take him to the like. Do you So, it means that when he approached the presence of the king, he could not go there with a beggarly mentality. What that means for some of you, there are times you would have developed yourself. When you stand before your boss, you don't stand before your boss again looking like who is looking for a job. You stand as a consultant and say, listen, I have this, I have this, I have this. These are my demands. Are we meeting it or not? Because you know you build value. So, you can't be a beggar all your life. Please help me, please help me, can't walk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to come to a place where it's not just mercy that is helping you, it's merit. Then when you get into the place of merit, stop talking with mercy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? At that stage, like Jacob, it's time to name your, your wages. Listen, I've invested this in my life. I've put this in my life. This is what I'm worth. Let's do it this way. There were days that when I was invited, anywhere, if you invite me to the rabbit hole, that there are people there, I'll go there and preach. But it doesn't work like that these days. Because the time I used to do some things, I mean, I can go anywhere to preach, the Lord leads me, but you understand that. I mean, we've paid our price. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? We've paid our price. And so when you get into that season, some things are not pride. They are the demands of the season for the things you've built up. Did you learn anything tonight? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. And I pray for every one of us here that would have an accurate understanding of the time and the season. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.